When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And I'm planning a destination wedding right now for a couple that's getting married in Tanzania, Zanzibar, which is in East Africa. And they went on a site visit without me because it's wedding season and here we are. And when I asked the bride some questions, I was like, hey, did you see the event space? Hey, did you taste food? She had not done any of those things. And I was like, so how are we trying to sign on this venue? So I'm doing an episode now of like kind of what to do before you sign on the dotted line of a venue that's a destination. And I'm hopeful that this is helpful to somebody out there who is about to sign on a dotted line of a venue that they have not seen. Dun, dun, dun. So (laughs) step one, do your research and gather lots of options. And I'm speaking specifically about destinations that are outside of the U.S. Domestic destinations are a little bit easier, I think, to navigate, understanding that outside of the USA, you've got time zone changes, you've got currency changes, you've got culture changes, and even response time is absolutely wild. So I think it's really, it's a whole other beast when you step outside the USA. Here, it's like everyone still is on the same rhythm. There's just a change of about three hours and it's still just expensive everywhere. So (laughs) it's like, if you're planning a destination wedding, this is for you. I would say step one, create your short list of your venue options. And if they're all in the same vicinity, great. But even if they're in multi-cities, totally fine. Whether there's, if you're going to Portugal and maybe you're going to the South and maybe you want to check out some in the North and maybe you're going to spend a week traveling Portugal to find the right venue, then that's a great idea. Like put together your shortlist, put together your options, um, schedule your meetings, schedule your site visits. And also I would always suggest schedule a one night stay so that you have a, a true experience of understanding what it's like to check in, what it's like to um, have breakfast, what it's like to check out and all of the expenditures that potentially come into an experience for one night. And then you can multiply that times three for a whole weekend. But giving yourself some time to really live in this experience because you want this, this site visit trip that you're going to take isn't just for you. This site visit trip is also for you to help map out the experience for your guests in advance. So they're not walking into an unknown. And I think that's what, that's what scares a lot of people about destination weddings is because they're thinking that their family might not be up to it. Uh, Yes. The expense is a lot, but also it's, it's an unknown 
And the best way for you to communicate um, an easy experience to people is having done it. So I always suggest if you're ta- if you're tackling the the concept of a destination wedding, especially without a planner, and you're doing this on your own, then you have to live it. You have to experience it. You have to go there and you have to do this whole thing and really map this out for your family if you want this to happen. So step one, you've made your list. You know where you want to go and you want to check it out. You've booked your plane ticket. You're ready to roll. Don't try to over plan too many things. This is a great time to leave some space to fall into some experiences, to fall into some unknowns, but to also leave some space to meet new people and to also meet some new venues that you that weren't on your list that you weren't privy to that could be a great addition and that also might be the one. Venue shopping at a destination is kind of like trying on a wedding dress. It's like you got your heart set on one, but then you see another one that you're like, I wasn't even considering you at all, but you're perfect and you're under budget. So this is like, take your time. Don't overpack yourself and really give yourself some space to experience it, to be in it, and to really understand what um, the guest experiences that you're building and creating. So also, Come from the mindset of, uh, I would say, if Condé Nast asks you to write an article about this trip and if um, you had to write a book report about the experience, this is, this, is when, this is also a time where you really want your eyes peeled, you want to take in everything, you want to really be mapping out a lot and writing down a lot. So you've booked your trip, you land, you get there, you're excited. This is the first thing to consider. What's your travel time from airport to hotel? And also what's the experience in the airport that might be important for your guests to note? So that means like, do they have to go through several levels of customs? (laughs) Is there kind of high security on like no outside fruits, no outside veggies, no nuts, no bacteria, whatever it might be. Like what is, what is it? what is really important for your guests to know about this first kind of encounter going through TSA and going through security and going through an airport is is delightfully stressful. So the more that you can prepare guests, especially when it's in a country where they may not speak the language, they have no idea what's going on. There's lots of moving parts and outside of the U S also the airports just feel a little bit more anxiety driven because you're people are moving at a pace that you're like, where is it? Like, it's just, it's so much happening. So you really want to prepare people that from the moment you get off the plane, this is your next step. This is what's going to happen. Once you get your bags, you're going to go through this portal. And then once you go through this portal, you're going to get this stamp. And then once you get this stamp, you're going to go outside and you'll be able to catch a a cab or a taxi. Your taxi should be no more than $50 to get you to the hotel. But you have to experience this first so that you're able to tell people and that will put them so much better more at ease and be prepared and really cause cause them to be like, I'm actually looking forward to this because they know exactly what to expect. Once you get like through airport security, you figured it out. This is also a great way to identify, is this a touch point um, of a guest experience that you might want to plug in? If you felt that there was some tension or something that just wasn't fun about the experience or maybe getting to the hotel was just too strenuous to navigate on your own or maybe you're suggesting people rent a car. Maybe this is a time where you're like, you know what, let's 
get transportation. Maybe I want to invest in that because I really want people to just walk out of the airport, walk onto a bus and be good to go and not have to think about it. So that, that might be like from your site visit, like this is a priority kind of thing. And then you can, you, you'll be able to map out your expenses more clearly having done this experience. I get a lot of clients on the back end who are saying, I wish we had done transportation. That would have made this a little bit more seamless. So doing it first will allow you to see the ways that you want to add a high level of a white glove service or takeaway for your guests. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So now you've done it. You're at the hotel check-in what's that like <laughs> it's like but also at the same time what's the street like and maybe that you're staying at one of the venues that you've loved and you were so excited to see this one but maybe the street is weird um instagram didn't really show you all the bells and whistles so really take a look at your area um check out your beach access check out your mountain access um really feel like is this what you thought it was going to be is there something more you'd like to see? And do this for every single property that you take a visit to. Like, how does it feel? Does it feel like this is the place where you want to exchange your wedding vows? Is this the place where you both want to say, I do? And afterwards, is this the place where you want to be newlyweds together? And is this the place that you want your family to come to and experience your love story? So understanding what is it like around? And the great thing about checking in, you're able to see it at, during the day and you're also able to see it at night. You're also able to hear all the noises. You're able to hear if this is a party hotel, is this a party crowd? And you'll be able to identify, do you wanna do a buyout, do you not? So that's why I suggest every stop, try and do a check-in so that way you can really experience it if you can. But also make sure you're looking at all of the venue spaces that they offer. So. Where would your ceremony take place? Where would your cocktail hour take place? And where would your dinner take place? And sometimes your dancing might be separate from your dinner place, specifically for this event that we're doing. Um, it's New Year's Eve 2024 going into 2025. It's going to be in Zanzibar on the beach. She wants fireworks. She wants the whole shebang. So it's like 
let's are we watching the tide of the water are there fireworks already pre-programmed to go off that we don't have to pay for so all of those questions you can answer once you really walk the spaces and make sure you're really feeling confident with them. And then after the trip, you can weigh your pros and cons of like, you know, I really, I really saw myself here um, more than I, I, I did. And the room rate was really delicious. And then speaking of delicious, eat the food, eat the breakfast, eat the lunch and eat the dinner. Make sure you understand what the food tastes like. If you're able, even try do do your best to schedule a tasting if you can, which I, a hundred percent think you should so that way you're able to see what the kitchen really can pull off for your big day and make friends with as many locals as possible. And when I say locals, it's, it's the people that work at the hotel that are not your concierge. So I would always say, make friends with the bellman, make friends with the people who clean the rooms and the people who are your bartenders or the people who serve your lunch. All of these people have access to actual authentic experiences and connections. They probably know a great DJ. They probably know somebody who drives a boat and can do a boat excursion or someone who does ATV trips. Like they're going to be great resources to you um, when it comes to planning a wedding, especially on your own. Your concierge is going to find great resources that are highly rated and, and probably really expensive. I always look for, whenever I go on a site visit, I'm always trying to make friends with the locals. So that way I have as much of an authentic experience as possible for my guest, but also for a price point, I can get probably a really great DJ or find a really great um, taxi person who I can call back and forth to help me out and hook me up. So these are, these are just some great people to have in your back pocket, especially if you're planning a destination wedding. So consider your high season, um, consider your weather, and consider understanding if, if you are able, do your site visit, do your site visits a year out and a year around the time that you're planning your wedding. So that way you're understanding how the sun will be if you're planning to come back exactly a year out. Um, what, if it rained a lot, if it didn't rain that much, like really understanding exactly what the weather experience was when the sun sets and also just understanding general traffic vibe. Was it highly touristy? Was it a little bit more quiet? Um, all of those things are really, really important. Make sure you go out at night, listen to the music around you, really get a handle on some really fun cuisine things that you can point your guests to, um, like local bakeries or really cool, um, kind of local treats or delicacies that the hotel doesn't necessarily serve, um, that you can try out and get your hands on and really say, guys, like on the website, this is the best place for a paella or whatever it might be. Like really dig deep into the culture. And that really is what the point of a destination wedding is. To me, it's it's to highlight the destination where you're going. And everyone always asks, is a destination wedding less expensive? It absolutely can be when it comes to the fact that you're leaning on the destination to do the work. The destination should be doing the design. <laughs> the destination should be doing the vibe. Like that's what it's there for. But if you're under the impression that you want your wedding to look like a Pinterest wedding or like this overly designed American wedding in Portugal, then of course it's going to cost you because 
Portugal weddings don't look like American weddings for a reason. <laughs> it's like, let the venue speak for itself. Let the destination speak for itself and let the experience be the highlight um, to help tell your love story as opposed to the decor and the design and you shipping in a band from Florida that you absolutely loved. Like really focus on a destination doing its thing the culture that's like the game changer when you lean into the culture and you're introducing your guests to an unforgettable experience that you don't really have to do anything for or with like all you got to do is tell them yo bro the churros down the street those are the ones like that's that's going to be the game changer and the best experience ever so pro tip always is don't overthink it keep it easy keep it simple and I would always, whenever you're doing a destination wedding, I would always spend as much money as possible on moving your guest about and making their travel experience easier and also offsetting the cost of their rooms because that can sometimes be extremely tricky and extremely pricey. <laughs> so if you're able to somehow put portion of your budget towards offsetting the cost of room rates, that will allow more people to come and celebrate with you. And have the dinner be something really easy. Like if you're in Italy, pasta's great. I hear it's I, I hear it's really great there. Just heard. And the wine, easy peasy. There's no need for you to try and do anything above the norm. Get some really fabulous pasta, multi-courses, fabulous wine, and you can do that for the low low. So again, lean into the culture that's already there. Lean into the cuisine that's already there. Don't try and bring America to the island or to the, the country. Leave America where she is. She's fine. She's fine here. If you want to have a wedding here, you can. But if you want to go to a destination, highlight that destination in all of her glory. But ask a lot of questions. A lot of them. Make sure you understand and you can walk away from all of these destinations, all of your properties, and know exactly how you would execute a wedding know exactly where the sound would come from, where the kitchen is coming from. Make sure you're really, really clear that the celebration that you have in mind logistically makes sense and works in their venue before signing and sealing anything. And don't give all your money up front. <laughs> like really talk about a way to give a deposit. Read your contract really thoroughly. If there's anything that you do not understand, make sure you ask. You're not a lawyer. If you need one, get one. But even I, whenever I have a line that I do not understand about a contract, I say, can we get on a phone call? How can we figure this out? Get a WhatsApp number so that you're able to be in contact with people, but really understand exactly what you're walking into and what you're signing on before you do. So I think that should get you somewhere close to a good foundation for a destination wedding. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I want to jump into a couple emails that y'all have sent because 
y'all are y'all got some stuff happening outside there and I want to <laughs> I want to answer some of these questions. So, first I'm going to start off with Emily Rodriguez. I love you girl. She says, my current wedding dilemma is that my fiance and I booked an all-inclusive venue, which comes with a wedding planner. Hmm. I don't know what that means. But as past episodes of Bitches Brides has taught us, all venue coordinators work for the venue and not the wedding party. Someone's listening. I love you. Therefore, I decided to hire a month of coordinator. We love this. I love when people are listening. Separately to be there for me, the bride, to assist me with any small tasks that I might need help with on the big day. The venue coordinator, who is also the owner of the venue, was not happy with my decision. <gasps> Why? She started, She stated that she had a bad experience in the past with a wedding planner giving instruction that the bride and groom did not in fact want. I explained to the venue coordinator that I will be doing all of the planning with her directly while ceasing the month of coordinator good for you in emails just so that she is aware of what is taking place and that the month of coordinator will only be assisting with tasks like ensuring that my dress looks good for photos, loading out things to my car from the bridal suite before the ceremony, telling the wedding party when to start walking during the ceremony, letting the DJ know when we're about to start toast, etc. The venue coordinator said that she feels that there are too many people in the kitchen. This statement made me feel like she is already planning on not working with the month of coordinator and I have vetted and hired. I know that on our wedding day, the venue coordinator will be very busy ensuring that everything in the back of house will be running perfectly and won't be able to be by my side to hand me my lipstick for a quick touch up. I definitely want someone to be there for my fiance and me. Therefore, I do not regret my decision to hire a month of coordinator, but I am nervous that my potential drama that there is to come. Do you have any tips on how to smooth things over? I would be extremely grateful for any insight that you can provide. I also have a minor issue with a bridesmaid, but it's not as important as the one listed above. Please let me know if you're interested in my story. I am. I am, Emily. Emily and Rick, I want to say right now, I would have this conversation with, I would have a transparent conversation with your venue coordinator. I would also get extremely clear about the task that she assists with and the task that she doesn't assist with because it says it comes with a wedding planner and a wedding planner is a wedding planner and a venue coordinator is a venue coordinator and a day of coordinator is their day of. So I would ask specifically, hey girl at the wet, my wedding planner at the venue, I would ask her, hey, this is what my expectations are on the day. I am under the assumption that this is not what you do. And I understand that you've had a bad experience in the past. However, I would love it if that bad experience in the past you will not bring to my event because that was theirs. This is mine. This is what I am seeking. This is the person that I am hiring. And I am hopeful that the both of you can work together. Please let me know if there's anything else in advance that we need to do to make sure that you all are on the same page. Um, and then give her her room to respond. I would also connect the wedding planner and the month of coordinator, keyword wedding planner, or your venue coordinator and your month of coordinator. I would put them somehow on a call. Let's all get together, make sure we're all feeling good. And now we're also identifying all of the tasks that who's responsible for what. So that way you can also make sure that no one is stepping on anyone else's toes. I would also give your month of coordinator the heads up of what's coming down the pike with your quote unquote venue coordinator wedding planner woman. 
and make sure that she's okay understanding that she's probably going to have to be her ultimate best self because it sounds like this venue coordinator, wedding planner woman is not happy at all about people coming into her space. So to me, and this is a story I'm telling myself based on what you've written, not having a conversation, she wants to control the entire narrative, all the things, but she can't. She can't be the planner and she can't also run the venue. So I would also inquire with her, does she have someone that also manages the venue while she's helping to plan the wedding? Question mark. But I agree with you that this, you want to have really clear comms with both of them to say, guys, I don't care what you're feeling. This ain't about y'all. It's about me. And this is what I desire. Are you able to do that? And this is what I'm seeking on the back end. Please bring your A game. I want I want great, happy people. I don't want you to be saucy. And I know that you've had a past bad, bad experience, but that experience has nothing to do with me. So don't bring it to my doorstep. And I love you. I've hired you as a venue manager and that's all I want you to do. I don't want you for anything else. Can you respect my decision? love. Next. (laughs) Emily, good luck. Tell your venue manager person that if she seeks and desires a job as a wedding planner and a venue manager, she should really pick one. So sorry. Love you there. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, we're going to do another question. Okay, from Erica. Erica. A high Fallon and the Betches Brides team. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and have been listening since before I got engaged in August of last year. I'm in October 2023, bride, that's tomorrow, and have some pressing questions that I don't feel have been answered, at least not recently. If you could address even one of them, I would be so grateful. Thank you so much. Okay. What to do for a send-off exit from a hotel ballroom reception. We are having um, our ceremony reception at the hotel that almost all the guests will be staying at because none of us actually need to leave the venue when the reception ends. We will just be doing an informal after party at the hotel. I'm not sure how or if my fiance and I even need to do a grand exit from the ballroom where the reception is held. If so, what would you suggest we do when everyone is either heading up to their rooms or down to the bar together? I consider a special exit from our ceremony also inside, but a different ballroom instead, like maybe a pedal toss, but not sure if that's worth it inside or difficult to execute. Hmm. That's our, that's our, your first question, Erica. So I don't think exits are necessary unless you're physically exiting but you can do some fun things like I think like to close out, play a really baller last song, like really make sure your last song is like really pronounced, really cool, really fun. And then maybe you're giving everyone like really cool hats or glow sticks or some really cool things and, and kind of doing a second line, if you will, all the way down to um, the after party. I think that's something fun to, kind of transition. I don't think you're exiting in any of these instances. You're just moving people from one space to the next. And it's like, let's just change the song. Let's change the vibe. 
other than tossing petals, I don't think you need to do any exiting. And I think, yeah, I think just get some really cool kind of toys and things to like, I don't even know what you call them, like little favors. Have everyone wear cool glasses and glow sticks and things like that and move them on to the after party. But unless you're physically leaving, I wouldn't. I don't think there's, it's necessary. You can stage an exit if you want one for pictures. And that would mean like getting the little sparklers or getting like, again, glow sticks and having everyone stand outside and wave and you guys can like fake an exit. And to be honest, most exits are faked. They don't really leave either because we have to all come back and, and pack up. So <laughs> it's like all of the exits generally are fake. So we just stage them for pictures and then people go back to whatever they're doing. All right, so your next question is splurge or save, charger plates or chair covers or both? Our linens will be white and the accents on the tables are gold, but the venue's chairs are a gray conference chair with black metal. Hmm, saucy. I am convinced that the existing chairs will clash with the gold tablescape accents, especially if we add gold or clear and gold chargers, which I've been considering. Should we purchase white spandex chair covers from Amazon or stick with the chairs as is? Should we commit to the chargers or let the tables be clean and white? No salad, dinner plates will be preset, but there will be menus. Neither are in the budget per se, but we have funds available, i.e. my fiance and I can contribute more if needed. I would never put spandex on a chair. Flagging that. I have no chair covers ever. We're not doing that anymore. Let that ride. Never again. Don't want to see it. 1998. Nope. No, ma'am. Um, what you will do, though, I would suggest getting a whole new chair. I would. I always 100% say splurge on a whole new chair and linens, like beautiful linens, a beautiful chair over anything else. If you're going to upgrade anything, if you get a good chair, you would change that whole room. So if you're if you can splurge, I would splurge on a whole new chair altogether. Menu card down, keep it clean. I love a charger. I would ask your catering team if you could put the dinner plate down and then once so that way you can put the menu on it and a nice napkin and have it look beautiful. And then once they come to bring the salads, bring the salad, remove the dinner plate and then take the dinner plates in the black and plate dinner on the dinner plate. That way you don't have to buy a charger. You're just repurposing the dinner plate. Or if they don't do that, order double dinner plates. So I would have a dinner plate down and then take it take it away and you've just got double dinner plates because those are what, a dollar or something? Chargers are sometimes eight to 12 plus dollars per charger. Definitely get an elevated chair if you can and add an additional, and it's what they usually call it as a chop plate. So order as big in your, in your sequence. I don't even know what that's called. Like, um, whatever style plate you have, order the chop plate. If you can, the biggest dinner plate that they have instead of a charger, because the cost is drastically different. Okay. Your next question is what should we do the night before our rehearsal day? Nothing. Okay. We check into our hotel Tuesday, two days before our wedding and curious if you or anyone out there has tips ideas for how to make that night special since we will be spending the night before the wedding with all of our family friends at our welcome party. Should we plan a special dinner, order takeout, etc.? Trying to find a way to soak up our last real night alone before the wedding. And you sign this stressed and detail obsessed. Erica, you're thinking too much, girl. You don't have to plan every little detail. You can let some things be. Just be. Erica, sit down. 
You don't have to do anything before your rehearsal. You don't have to plan everything. Sit down. You can order takeout. You could have a special dinner. Go with the flow. Just be. Go with the night. Maybe let maybe let your fiance figure it out. Maybe you sit down because it sounds like you over here trying to do the most. Have a seat, Erica. Don't do nothing. I want you to take a nap and maybe go to the spa and yeah, take a bath. Ooh, girl, the bath is my favorite. Yes. All right, I think we have time for una más, one more. Okay, ooh, it's a destination wedding. Okay, love the podcast. I have learned and gotten so much peace of mind from it. Carolina, we love you too. I'm having a micro wedding, 20 guests, October 28th in Antigua, Guatemala. Wedding starts at four and sunset is at 536 that day. I love details. Um, we have had, we have to be out of the venue at 10. So I'm planning on having an after party at a local brewery. This brewery has a beautiful patio that closes at 11, which means it is not available if we arrive at 10 or after. So, hmm, what? This brewery has a beautiful patio that closes at 11, which means it's not available if we arrive at 10 or after. So they offer a not so great room instead. My question is, should I finish our reception at the venue early so we can enjoy the after party? I feel like so much planning goes to the reception. There will be beautiful flowers, lighting, and an open bar. So I hate to leave early, but it might be more than enough time. How long should a reception be, especially if it's dark for most of it? Your focus should be on your wedding, not on the after party. The after party should be a natural, seamless thing. If this brewery doesn't cut it, and also it's only an hour. So if your wedding starts at four, let's say your guests, uh, assuming you start at four, ideally you're probably going to start closer to 4.30. 4.30 to five um, is your ceremony. Five to six is your cocktail hour. And six to 10 is your reception. A reception should at last four hours. Um, four hours gives you enough time. Dinner usually takes about an hour and a half for people to eat a seated plated dinner. And I mean, you only have 20 guests, so you could probably get through that a little bit quicker if you're doing toast and this kind of thing. But I think your four hours with your 20 people is going to be plenty of time. But since you only have 20 people, I would say pick another spot for your after party because you also want to consider your travel time. Your wedding's going to end at 10. You could end a couple minutes earlier, but is it really worth it if this place closes at 11? I would say find an after party spot that has a little bit less rules um, and has a little bit more fun so that it it goes until maybe 2 a.m. because that's the whole point. You don't want any rules and regulations on your after party. So um, Carolina, I hope that is helpful for you, my love. But focus on the wedding, not the after party, because that will always be there. All right. That's it for this episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. Um, you guys can follow me at uh, Fallon Carter Events. And of course, you all know to follow the, the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday. So please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Batches.